Time to abandon ship. Oh no! Here we go. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, call me. My main man, quickly. Before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. This is escape. Then we're the pod. Jesus, Happy landing. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars Escape Pod. I'm your host, Josh, and uh, today we have Ben joining us back in the Escape Pod. Welcome back, Ben. Um, he is the only one who is actually here tonight. Uh, so, so much for a round table. Um, everyone else was unable to make it, sadly. Uh, so, Ben and I persist through the night to review mandalorian episode six and uh you know let's let's also chat about some episode nine at uh, some point later on through the episode so stay tuned for that but i just want to talk about the cast really briefly i mean we had uh we had pedro pascal as mandalorian mark boone jr as ranzar malk he played um oh shoot who did he play again he was featured as uh flas in batman begins uh, Bill Burr as uh, Mayfield. Uh, Bill Burr is uh, a very well-acclaimed stand-up comedian, writer, actor, podcaster. Uh, we had Natalia Tena, which plays uh, is it Xi'an or something. Um, uh, yeah, she is known as uh, Nymphadora Tonks from the Harry Potter series. And uh, Clancy Brown as Berg, who's the giant muscle of the of the bounty hunter team that we got tonight. Uh, that's uh, Clancy Brown. He played uh, Savage Opress in Star Wars The Clone Wars and uh, he was featured in uh, in Warcraft and Thor Ragnarok as uh, Surtur, um, Shawshank Redemption, Star Starship Troopers, um, Mr. Krabs in the Spongebob movie. I mean, this guy has been around. Uh, Richard Aoed, uh, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, he, he played uh, Zero uh, as the voice. And uh, funnily enough, Richard Aoed, he plays Moss, Maurice Moss, from the IT crowd and the IT crowd is one of my favorite comedian shows on television like I mean I, I've watched the show three times over or more and at one point when I hosted a uh, game night for Edge of the Empire after I passed GM uh, duties off to another friend I ended up picking up a character and I made a droid character that looked like K2SO and uh, had his own backstory and everything and the voice that I used to uh, roleplay as that character was purely just Maurice Moss. So uh, it's amazing. It's a dream come true to see Maurice Moss actually play a droid in Star Wars because to me, that was an idea that I had, uh, you know, three or four years ago on this on this role-playing adventure that, that I created my character for. So this is just, you know, it's awesome to be talking about that. Ismail Cruz Cordova uh, plays Quinn. Matt Lanter, uh, Anakin Skywalker's voice from Star Wars The Clone Wars. He plays Davin, the New Republic uh, pilot, I guess, on that ship. Dave Filoni as Trapper Wolf. I flipped out at Dave Filoni uh, as, as uh, the X-Wing pilot that shows up in the nick of time. 
And uh, we had two other people on the list here. Rick uh, Femi Yuya as Jib Dodger and Deborah Chow has a cameo as uh, Sash Ketter. But oh my goodness, like this this cameo of Dave Filoni. I got I got to say, like, this is just like, dude, this is a dream come true. Really I mean, Dave Filoni. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was that was amazing. That was so good. I just I freaked out when I saw Dave Filoni in that X-Wing. Um, but this episode Okay, what did you think of this episode? Like, honestly, uh, I thought it was awesome. We got a little bit of nostalgia where we got to see some, uh, like, uh, Lanter, right? Uh, yeah. Anakin Skywalker from Clone Wars holding a blaster, dressed as a yeah, what looked like a Tantive IV Star Wars Four uh, Rebel soldier, uh, and we got to see the Mandalorian in his element, I guess, with the kind of the scum of the galaxy. Uh, and hey, we actually, I think it was cool seeing like Twi'leks in a non kind of like slave situation mm-hmm. where they were actually fighting and they were, they were, yeah, for criminals, sure. Right. Um, no, it was great. And we actually got to finally see a piece of what the new Republic looks like. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Like, cause there is so little in regards to the new Republic. Um, one thing that stood out to me, which I have been, I, I had this conversation the other day with, with somebody, but like so far politically we haven't gotten anything from like the new republic or like the first order like we we've got hardly anything like there's been like little tidbits here and there from from the books and the comics and and we've had like pieces thrown at us through uh the resistance cartoon but uh you know never have we had any logo show up until now like we actually they recanonized the new republic logo in this in this episode like that that to me was like mind-blowing you know like we've had two films set in the sequel era of star wars and not once have we seen the new republic logo we've only seen the resistance logo which is just the rebel crest basically like the the alliance you know stamp um but yeah no the the new republic logo has always been uh the that a rebel crest with a ring around it and then a bunch of stars that kind of circle around the logo and that logo was um for years, like since, you know, the early days of the expanded universe, like when graphic novels became a thing, I think this logo became very apparent that, you know, it was it was to represent like the, the New Republic. So, uh, you know, I, it was kind of hinted at like what it might look like in one of the books. And I forget which book it was, but I don't want to say that they've gone back on that description of what the logo looked like because they still they still technically described it as the rebel crest, but with like a, a sun. Uh, I think they, they said they, it, it was like a sun that came out of the back and it looked like a big kind of star shining through it. So I don't want to say that they like took a book that is very much canon and then made it, you know, that one little fact irrelevant. It was such a tiny little tidbit, but I just remember it because, you know, it was the only description of like the logo that we've actually ever had. So you know, to finally see it on like the droids and then on the sleeve of like Matt Lanter's costume and stuff. It was so cool to see that. And um, it's orange, which is yep. which is pretty sweet because like uh, the the, the uh, EU version of, of the New Republic logo was uh, was like a, a forest green. Uh, so, you know, it, and it looked exactly the same. It was just a forest green color. And, uh, you know, I was good with it. Forest green's cool. But uh, just to see that they've implemented the color that I think a lot of the 
the Rebel Alliance had used, you know, the orange jumpsuits for the for the X-Wings, all that stuff. Like, I think orange is a very, like, rebellion color. And yeah. uh, it's cool to see that they just took that logo and ran with it and just made it the the New Republic logo. So that, that for me, like, stuck out, like, big time. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what, what did you what did you like about, like, the action in this, in this wow. episode? Uh, I actually thought it was the first time we got to see the Mandalorian close combat with a few droids. Uh, definitely every episode, they're always kind of acknowledging that Mandalorians are the most vicious race in the galaxy. And so to see him face to face with a bunch of uh, a bunch of criminals and they're all like measuring him up for the whole episode and then finally that moment where he single-handedly just knocks out. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the, yeah, single-handedly takes out the battalion droids and they all have a little bit of this healthy respect or, or fear of him. And uh, what we gathered later is that they were planning on betraying him in the end and they were uh, a little bit more cautious when doing it. So that was cool. It was it was finally a chance to see the Mandalorian in, a, uh, in among his fellow yeah. <laughs> fellow syndicate. Oh, those 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 heist episodes always remain to be favorites too. Because, um, like, uh, did you, do you remember the Clone Wars episode where uh, they they had like a group of bounty hunters uh, on the train? Yep. Yeah, like that that remains to be like one of the more favorite episodes of mine. Like when it comes to the scum of the galaxy and like the bounty hunters guild and stuff like that. Like, you know, getting those crews of bounty hunters together. Uh, I think it's what people have always kind of wanted to see. Um, you know, it's something that kind of spurred off of that one scene in the empire strikes back when Darth Vader is giving everyone the briefing on, you know, the millennium Falcon and whoever can deliver the ship, you know, gets basically just gets paid. And, you know, <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, it's like, it, it, I think like a lot of people were, you know, inspired by that scene. And like, since then we've had a lot of books and comics and, you know, um, about bounty hunter team ups, basically, you know, just like, uh, a bunch of, a bunch of like guys doing the same job. They're all kind of like got each other's backs, but at the same time, like any one of them could turn all the rest and take the rest of the job for themselves. Cause it's such a cutthroat industry, you know, for them, like as bounty hunters. So, uh, I think people have always wanted to see that. We've never once got that live action on screen. And it's so cool to finally have, you know, an on-screen moment where we can, you know, basically, you know, call it a bounty hunter team up of some kind, like a, a heist, I yeah, guess you could yeah. call it, you know, like rescuing one of their own. And yeah. This is also the first episode that we've had that doesn't have any uh, land on it. Every single part yeah, of the episode is in space. Didn't see a single planet. Nope, yeah. not one. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of ships, a lot of space station, but uh, no. And, uh, you know, I actually think that a lot of Star Wars, I mean, I know a lot of Star Wars takes place in space. So this is the first time that we've actually seen, um, at, like, length, a decent amount of ship combat, a decent amount of um, boarding ships, right? Uh, yep. there's, every other episode has been a little bit more about the hand-to-hand shooting, the environment, kind of, you know, taking us back to Mos Eisley, giving us that nostalgia we want. This is the first time we've gotten a little bit more of that ship nostalgia, seeing an X-Wing, seeing a, a, an orange jumpsuit yeah. pilot yeah. in the, the seat of an X-Wing, which was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like the uh, um, our little, we'll call him Baby Yoda, <laughs> we're starting to see a little bit more growth with him in this episode. This is the first time he like sees someone, yeah, feels it, uncomfortable, and then goes into hides. Yeah, 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 totally. Like there's some independence there. And then he also, if you notice, like he tried to... He, he tried to use the force on him. Like when he had the gun pointed at his face, 
you know, baby Yoda just reaches out his hand and for a second you think, okay, he's going to like blow this droid away or is it time close for, the door ba- or yeah, is it, or is it close the door before he fires or is it time for baby Yoda to, you know, bite the dust kind of thing. Um, but uh, nope, like, yeah, he got rescued. He didn't use the force. Uh, close call again. Baby Yoda freaking me out. <laughs> freaking me out again. I don't want Baby Yoda to die. Uh, <laughs> I was so nervous when the leader, whatever his name was, picked up Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Like, just that, that got my heart pumping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I could like think of myself in that situation, the Mandalorian situation, where you're with a bunch of guys who are a little rough around the edges. And you just, they're unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. You feel anxious. And then to see something that you care about. Because until that point, as far as everyone was concerned, the Mando had no weakness. And yeah. then they found a weakness, and so they were about to toy with it. And I was nervous. Yeah, they are about to exploit, like, the only weakness that we all know he has, aside from showing his face. Yeah. Yeah, which is also a huge weakness for him. But, um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, uh, what else? I'm trying to think of something else that really resonated. Oh, we got to see, uh, we got to see an alien species, one of the prisoners was the same alien species as uh uh what's his uh, i forget the character's name now the pilot from solo yeah yeah Yeah, that's the one that ironically that's that's the one that uh uh john favreau voices is is uh is that that alien yeah yeah uh i forget his name i i wish i remember his name but i really liked his character until he until he died but he was always very you know he's a very entertaining character to watch but yeah it was cool to see his his race show up again uh, just you know, makes him feel less of like a an odd one out. When I think of aliens in Star Wars, you know, when you think of it, like Twi'leks, like there's a lot. Yeah, Rodians, there's like a lot. Um, yeah, you know, Arconas and uh, like um, I don't. Uh, I am. What's another one? Quarrels. Yeah, uh, like Corins. Yeah, yeah. Just Corrins. exactly like Mon Calamari. You know, just yep. just like there, there's so many different different. Uh, aliens out there that uh that kind of you're like oh yeah there's there's more yeah uh and he's just like one of those ones that just kind of sticks out as like i've only seen one you know yeah oh, i 100 percent agree and like i being a big star wars fan being a big star trek fan like watching science fiction and watching science fiction now when we've had you know decades of it and they keep introducing new alien species you're kind of like no i I like what we have. Give me a little yeah. bit more of that. And so to see them introduce a new one, but then continue to reintroduce a new one, I can get comfortable with it. Yeah. Right. It's not just they're introducing every movie, every episode, one random new alien species that I'm never going to see again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's come up before. Um, and like you're currently playing Fallen Order, right? Yep. Okay. So I don't want to spoil anything, but I mean, like there's, there's like, there's like other, like, I, I played an RPG game where, uh, you know, like not not a video game, like a like a role playing game um, that uh, I was GM for, and uh, it was by FFG uh, for Edge of the Empire, and uh, the one of the chapters took our players to uh, a big, massive space station called the Wheel, and at the Wheel, it you know it's essentially what we saw, but way bigger like you know it, it actually kind of looks like something out of star trek uh it kind of looked like uh it kind of looked like a literally like a wheel floating in space with two 
very pointy ends coming off the top and bottom. You know, it almost looked like yeah. a like a dreidel or something. Yeah, uh, a little bit. Yeah, it looked very Star Trekky in a way. But uh, but yeah, it was just like uh, like on this place, like there were shops, there were you know hangar bays, there were you know everything. Right, it was just a massive space space mall kind of thing. But um, it was really cool to see that like in the show because we don't really get a whole lot of that here and there. Like it's it's really. Uh, it's really hard to find. I, I think in in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, like there may have been like once or twice where we've actually had like a space station. Um, I know in the Re- the Republic had those medical space stations that uh, early on in the show the uh, the, the Separatists tried to destroy them. Uh, they're just me- medical frigates that were able to dock in place, and then uh, they were able to make the transfers for their injured troops. Uh, so you know, space stations. Are definitely a thing, uh, you know, especially with the Death Star being a being yep, a giant space station. Yeah, <laughs> let's not forget the the, the two Death Stars. But uh, but like I, aside from those, like you know, it's not very common that you see a lot of a lot of space stations. Is it no, is it really not. common to see in Star Trek, or is it? Oh yeah, the the whole series like lives off space stations. Like they have space stations that have forty thousand people living on them. Like they're huge. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes sense, right? They're uh, Star Trek's about space exploration, and so um, you know, often there are planets that are uninhabitable, but they want to inhabit new systems, and so they'll build a space station mm-hmm. uh, as like either an extension of a planet or as a substitution for a planet in the system. Whereas in Star Wars, uh, I think the closest we get to reoccurring spaceships probably would have been the the battleships uh, from the Separatists in Episode One. Yeah, that's a good part point. Of, in part of Episode yeah. Two, which were they were called ships, but they were. Let's face it, more like uh, space stations, yeah. flying space stations. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I think Star Wars is a little bit more about the ships and the planets, right? Their version of a space station is a star destroyer. It's yeah. just a massive boat, just a massive ship. Yeah, like yeah. meteorite-sized place that people live for a while. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's. I, I feel like it's less about exploration. It's more about the battle, the politics, the philosophy. Yeah. Where Star Trek focuses a little bit more on the exploration, which is why the ships are built a little bit more for um, in the space station for inhabiting rather than, uh, yeah. you know. There's also just, there's like, uh, I can't think of any time in Star Wars that we've seen in uninhabited or unbreathable planet in Star Wars. It's a good like, point. Like, I don't think, I, I can't remember any. Um I think Star Wars is meant to be like lo-fi. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for even, sure. Even yeah. in this episode, actually, it's a good point. In this episode, we actually got to, they, they mocked the whole episode about how low tech and how underwhelming his ship was. But they, uh, when they looked at the scanner to track where they were going, it was this 2D scan or tracker where that, that they were trying to use to track the ship's location and how it was going to, uh, you know, um, converge on the the prison ship but in star trek it's a little bit more about science fiction in the future right everything's super fancy super high tech so yeah. i feel like the space stations are meant to be to emulate planets or uh really comfortable environments where we saw the space station here it was just a heap of scrap yeah 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 <laughs> just a piece of junk it was actually quite a bit smaller uh as well for the for space station like it looked like it had four just big hangers attached to it and that was pretty much it like something meant to be off grid <laughs> yeah yeah something meant to be kind of off grid like it uh but again like it's the kind of environment that you know you, you see and then it's like wow cool like i kind of want to 
see this place again or want to know like more about it. And, um, you know, these are the kind of things that come up in Star Wars, which drives the fandom crazy, you know, with, uh, you know, it's all about the things in the background, right? Like, um, it just takes one small appearance of a character that has next to no dialogue whatsoever. And next thing you know, they're in a Lego set or, or they're an action figure or they're, you know, they got stickers on a sticker book. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just yeah. like, it, it's the fandom that really like populates a lot of, uh, a lot of like the stuff that we end up getting in the end. I mean, like, like IG-88, for example, like he had such a small cameo and if you even call it like he just stood there and he hardly even moved again like episode five and like to this day there not are still only, toys yeah there's <laughs> still toys and collectibles <laughs> and dolls and like books and comics and uh shirts like you know and uh and not only that but they've based other characters off of them it's like oh hey the, well there's ig88 let's make ig67 and uh you know all these other all these other droids right so yeah, like it's it's like it's it's huge. Like for you know for the fans to like see something in in a show or like on the film or whatever that they're like, oh cool, like that's that's awesome. And like you know whether there's good feedback or not about it, like Star Wars has always had this reputation of taking something that we've seen once before and either reusing it again or you know just bringing it to life through a visual dictionary or something like that with you know comments that they write about it maybe we'll see it in a book or something like you know this is like the wonderful world of star wars just like so many interconnected pieces that um that i want to see more of so uh, how have you seen that new tv spot that came out today for star wars episode nine yes yes Yes. i did okay so how much of you are we okay we're moving on we're moving on from mandalorian um if you do not want episode nine spoilers um yeah you may may click pause or stop the warning the warning is uh is now uh (laughs) (laughs) if you are avoiding tv spots trailers teasers whatever the case is uh you know this is your chance to bail Otherwise, giving you at least like 30 seconds of pre-warning. So if you hear anything from us beyond this point, it's on you. The uh, the TV spot had a little piece of dialogue there from the Emperor. Actually, I'll, I'll play right now. Here's Kylo Ren approaching Exegol in his TIE fighter. Really big structure ahead. Lightning in the background. There's those Sith whispers that we've heard before in the prequels. Whenever we saw Palpatine or Maul. And the Emperor's theme, very dark. At last. There he is. So ominous. Snoke Invader (laughs) has been mimicking them all. The master puppeteer, the one responsible for the Clone Wars, the rise of the Empire and the Sith, and the fall of the Jedi, all coming to a close this week with the rise of Skywalker. 
Duel of Fates, here we go. So this is uh, really pulling the pieces together and uh, giving us a, a good idea of like what he's been doing behind the scenes right like yeah like, but he's been pulling the strings the whole time yeah he's been pulling the strings the whole time giving and us this feeling that oh did disney just drop randomly palpatine and somehow squeeze him into the last movie or no was he actually part of the story the whole time was he part of was he yeah the real main villain yeah. pulling uh yeah ben solo towards the the dark side uh let's talk about the environment though Oh my goodness. Okay. The, the catacombs of that place that he's on. Um, okay. Now it's rumored that this place is called Exegol. I'm yep, pretty sure it's that. confirmed that at this point that this is going to be Exegol. Um, but uh, Disney's enraged like, too many Star Wars fans not to go off of uh, nostalgia. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. So, so like, I love the idea of this place on like, the far out known, you know, unknown regions, this place that maybe could possibly be what we're looking at as um, maybe a birthplace of the Sith or the dark side or something like there, like there's, it's very apparent that a civilization lived here. You know, there's like so many big tall statues of like hooded cloaked beings with like staffs. And they almost um, reminded me of, uh, um, the kind of statues that Palpatine had in the second and third movies. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there, uh, those are actually, in the, fact, the sages um, of Duarte, I think. Yeah, four founding philosophers and lawmakers of the Galactic Republic. Yeah, uh, yeah. they they had some sort according of um, Sith lore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> according to Sith lore. Yeah, exactly. And like the Jedi, you know, it was right under their noses, and like they never even knew. And you know, this is all um, stuff out of you know, things like the visual dictionary and stuff like that. But, but, you know, it's, it's so, uh, yeah, it's so true. Like, yeah, they, they mimic like a lot of the shape and, uh, they, yeah, like Kylo Ren, like in this place, like he you know, obviously feels like he shouldn't be there. Like he's not, he's, he's gone there to investigate something that I guess he's been called to or something that he's found, which has led him there. Something that and I hope we will find out he's not yeah and he's not yeah exactly yeah <laughs> this this upcoming week um and uh you know it's something that he has uh you know he obviously feels like he doesn't have a right to be there but you know because he feels very threatened he's got his lightsaber out from the moment he steps out of his ship so quite frankly you know he's he's not he doesn't know what he's gonna find there and um according to like some you know leaks and rumors and whatever uh, when he whips his saber out like that and points it towards the camera, you know, it, it that could be Palpatine's face, like right there, like, you know, right where he's pointing the sword. Um, like I have heard one thing online, which like definitely pointed like supportive evidence towards that being, you know, what he does, you know, he whips around and like Palpatine is like in front of him kind of thing, like right there, um, you know, or he could be maybe on his throne and, he doesn't know what he's looking at uh but yeah there's have you gone into any leaks at all like online i i've been watching every tv spot ever but i yeah. have not gone into too many leaks i i i just there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of spoilers and i'm you know i'm not above a little spoiler here and there but i this is this is the last skywalker movie yeah i want to be blown away yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I, I haven't gone into too much uh, on that side, but I, 
I feel like this is them trying to do what we wanted them to do in The Last Jedi. Rey went into the original Jedi Temple, went into the catacombs, and nothing really happened. Yeah. This is their second shot at Kylo Ren possibly going into the Sith catacombs and something crazy happening. I feel like this is that that kind of answer to, all right, we get it. It was underwhelming. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. Let's blow your mind. Yeah. 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 hundred um, percent. There's a, there's a moment in, uh, which one was it now? It was, it was one of the TV spots. Uh, or no, it's, t- it's two now. It's two now. We've had uh, the Duel of Fates playing in the background. My question to you is, do you think we're going to get Duel of Fates in the movie? Again. Like, are, are we going to get that again? I hope so. I, I, I actually, I don't know. I, I think it's very possible. I think the first two movies, they, Disney really tried to do a lot of out with the old, in with the new. Uh, but it's clearly not what fans have wanted. And so there's, there seems to be a lot of in with the old yeah. uh, in this, at least what they're doing with episode nine. And so I, I wouldn't put it past them to bring back some familiar soundtracks. Yep. Um, yeah, I hope that that uh, that leaked soundtrack that was <laughs> leaked online wasn't uh, wasn't the final cut of what's actually going to be in the movie. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, let me just uh, turn on the lights here. Um, yeah, no, I I, I hope that uh, that there's been a more personal collaboration between John Williams and J.J. Abrams because like we had like a lot of that going on between George Lucas and John Williams, like back when if you, like, if you look at the prequels um, between Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith, like there's a lot of arcing evidence that, you know, this was all planned out by one guy. Uh, this is written to be a solid arc, like a trilogy of films. Um, you know, like the Phantom Menace, it ends with, uh, Qui-Gon's funeral and uh, that song that the I don't even know what to call that song it, the, the song in the Phantom Menace soundtrack is called Qui-Gon's funeral but it's later mirrored in Padme's funeral at the end of Revenge of the Sith so you know it, it, there's a loss of in the beginning like there's a loss of somebody that's been very um, influential in Anakin's life and you have this moment of of you know, of mourning, basically, like through through the sound, like through the through the music, like you get this mourning soundtrack, and uh, and then again, it with Padme as well, you get this mourning soundtrack to the loss of of his wife, and uh, both times in the same movies mirrored to each other, uh, when Palpatine is elected as Chancellor at the end of the Phantom Menace, and he goes back to his home world of Naboo. And, you know, they have the key to the city celebration and everything. The celebration song, if you if you listen to it very carefully, it's it's actually the emperor's theme in a major key. So like it's it's the emperor's like, dun, 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 but the, but it's really? like in a I major key. That. So it's, ah, 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 you know, it's like it's like it's like way more kind of upbeat and like lively. And, and it's just it's the emperor's theme that is like being celebrated in this mask basically like behind this veil and um and when we get that song again two films later in revenge of the sith the veil has been you know i guess like 
uh, un, you know, it's, it's been uh, torn apart and, and now we see the true face of the villain of the story and, and you have like the real, you know, the real theme and, and you hear it like echoing, like in all the moments that you see Palpatine, uh, you know, fighting Yoda or, uh, you know, taking Anakin on as his apprentice, like you hear it through that film multiple times. So like, you know, there's, there's, there was a solid collaboration between John Williams and, and uh, George Lucas. And, and if it wasn't that, then I think John Williams just like connected with those films really well because the soundtracks or the prequels for a lot of people are by far the best part of that movie. Like, you know, and for, for me, it's like, it just adds another piece. Like I love the prequels so much. And, um, you know, like, I know you love the prequels as well. So, you know, for us to kind of, um, to watch those movies, it's, it's just even more of a joy, but for the, a lot of people who don't, you know, resonate with those films as much, uh, I've never heard any of them complain about the soundtrack. You know, I think anybody, any Star Wars fan is any Star Wars fan can agree that the soundtracks of the prequels are, are just so good, you know, like just so powerful. Episode and, uh, three, especially. Oh like, yeah, it just built up. Episode one was great. It was Star Wars. We were familiar for the four, five, six. They just add a new layer. Two was a lot more emotional. Three was just that mesh where they took that emotional side and that familiar Star Wars side, and they just made something so powerful. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, you know, and and the original trilogy music is also just you know amazing. But but you know, when when we got brought into the sequels, I just I. Like some of the music is great and like, I'm not bashing John Williams at all, but I just have not connected with too much of the music that much. Like, um, like, like race themes. All right. I, I just, I'm not going to like listen to the heck out of race theme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like dual of fates is like top of the top of the star Wars themes, you know, like there's so many solid star Wars themes. We got like the Imperial Battle March, Battle of Heroes, Duel of Fates, you know, the across the stars like there's those three big ones from the prequels and then for the original trilogy we got the emperor's theme uh you know the imperial march March, (laughs) the binary sunset you know and and uh out of all of them including including ray's theme from the force awakens i I gotta say it's probably the weakest one like out of out of all the and it's not just because it's not been around as long like i just you know it's my own personal opinion I, i just don't think that ray's theme is as powerful as some of the other songs have played, you know, such an influential part in the films and, too, and right. Ray's theme just kind of rings whenever we see her kind of thing. You know, it's not really played a huge part in storytelling. And to add to that, when I first watched episodes seven and eight, and I'll admit having watched it a few times, I think like I've definitely gotten used to it and I've kind of accepted it for what it is, but I was really trying to figure out what an episode seven, what an episode eight, like there was something missing, just something that made it that little extra bit special. And uh, it occurred to me when uh, I was having a discussion with a friend of mine who is in the 501st Legion, by the way, in, in Toronto, he's Darth Vader, big Star Wars fan. Uh, he he was trying to tell me, you know what, I what's your favorite soundtrack in uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens? Like what, what which part did you like the most? He's like, I really like Ray's theme. And I, I had a moment where I was like, what was race theme again? Like, yeah. I couldn't, there, was no, there wasn't any point of the soundtrack I could lay a finger on and be like, that was awesome. Exactly. Yeah, I had to go yeah. back and listen to it and make myself familiar with it before I could start to pick out what I liked and, and the yeah. soundtracks that meant something to me. But in episode three, you watch it and, you know, your brain just melts with how 
amazing oh, and how epic the soundtrack is. The choir I, and the, the yeah. operatic kind of feel that, yeah. I watched it once and immediately you could be like, I, I could tell you straight off, oh yeah, I love the soundtrack when Anakin and Obi-Wan had their epic duel at the end. Oh yeah. I love the soundtrack at the start of the movie when the two Jedi starfighters amazing. drop into the battle. Anakin's Dark Deeds on the soundtrack is one of my favorite tracks on that entire album. Um, is when um, they use that uh, again for one of the Old Republic trailers. Uh, Anakin's Dark Deeds. Oh, such a good song! And the climax of that of that of that track is when he's standing on the balcony of of Mustafar um, uh, uh, refinery, and uh, you know he's got his hood up and he's kind of crying, and you see like the eclipsed sun or something like in the clouds and and it's just got this really powerful like moment in that in that track which is just it's so good like it's just you know john williams at his best and even rogue one even rogue one had, had a great soundtrack yeah the fight uh, even such add, a great theme oh it, like, was, it was fantastic the whole rogue one i was listening in the car today it was so good yeah uh one of my favorite actual uh star wars um soundtracks is the fight between Ahsoka and Vader in Star Wars Rebels? Oh, really? The 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 end after that fight. Oh yeah, the the one that concludes season two. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's a great song. Yeah, like by Kevin Kiner. Why yeah. are we getting such memorable soundtracks out of the cartoons, <laughs> but we're not out of the multi-million dollar? I, I honestly don't movie know. Projects. I mean, like even even Snoke, it's like I like I can't pinpoint his theme at all. Like he's got he's got this theme in the Last Jedi, which is which is kind of ominous, but it's, it's nothing that really mirrored the theme that we got in The Force Awakens. There is one song that really stuck out to me, though, uh, in the Last Jedi soundtrack, and it's called A New Alliance. Uh, it's the moment where Kylo Ren uh, kills Snoke and uh, teams up with Rey and fights all the Praetorian guards in the throne room. That song, to me, really stands out. And, it, you know, it does use the binary sunset and recycle some elements from the previous Star Wars, but I think that's just what I like. Like, you know, it's what I like to hear. And uh, it was a very powerful moment in the soundtrack in general. It's, uh, do you want to play yeah. that a little tiny Yeah, piece yeah, sure. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'll play a little bit now. Yeah. We've got the buildup of Snoke telling... Kylo Ren that he's going to kill his true enemy as he points the blade towards Rey, but activates the other lightsaber. A shocked look on Snoke's face, and then, boom. Force pulls it towards Rey, she catches it, and you see the close-up on his face. Igniting his own lightsaber, and then a shot of Rey, an understanding look between the two. They flip, protect each other's backs, and then fight the guards. It's got a very uh, prequel-y taste about it. So that remains to be one of my favorite songs from uh, The Last Jedi soundtrack. But there, there's another good one, though, that comes out of The Force Awakens. And uh, I almost forgot about this one. I will play a little sample here. Uh, it's the March of the Resistance theme. That That is a really good theme. That comes out of The Force Awakens. That that really stands true as uh, um, an amazing track that John Williams made. I, I wouldn't define the movie with that track, but it certainly you know, was ringing in my ear uh, after the film was over. So let's take a listen at that.
saying all this, and you're going to laugh because this is kind of meant to be funny. One of my favorite Star Trek, or Star Trek, Star Wars soundtracks of all time uh, does come from The Force Awakens. And it was the trailer soundtrack <laughs> to the original. Yes, trailer. I know exactly what you mean. Um, that, that's that, also a really good song. When that first came out, <laughs> my brain melted. I was like, I want to see this movie more yeah. than anything in the world. Uh, that, 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 that like drop in the score yeah it was a beautiful and powerful soundtrack and then the movie came out and i was like what yeah like, where did well that's that's you exactly you, sh- you proved to me you can do this why <laughs> did you not continue yeah no it's, that's exactly it but that's exactly what i mean by like you know like do we are we going to get the duel of fates in the movie like i i'm like actually scared that we're not going to get it like <laughs> you so know like we are. well um, I, you know i have a lot of faith that uh jj will pull through and uh this is going to be John Williams' last film. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm hoping that this goes all well and good, uh, you know, that uh, there are no disappointments. I'm sure we're not going to get everything we want, but, uh, you know, I'm sure John Williams will have a, a final goodbye to say a very special, similar to uh, the end credits of Revenge of the Sith. But what do you want to see? I want to see Force Ghost. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. That's exactly what I like. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Ben, for uh, coming on the show and uh, chatting all about The Mandalorian, Episode 6, and, uh, you know, ep- Episode 9. Just around the corner. I mean, we got only a few days until that's in the theaters, raking in the money, the billions of dollars that uh, it will hopefully reach to a more climactic amount than uh, the likes of Solo and the success that that had there, but uh, I'm sure everything will be fine. So uh, if there is anything that you want from episode 9, let us know. Send us a tweet at uh, Podcast, and our email is theescapepodoutlook.com uh, Please just get in touch. Uh, send us feedback, comments, questions, and if you're listening to us on the iTunes or uh, Uh, any other podcasting platform that you can send us a rate uh please give us those five stars thumbs up whatever it may be and uh you know share it around with your friends because uh, that's what keeps the show alive is just seeing that people are actually listening and uh enjoying the discussions so uh that being said a new episode of the mandalorian this wednesday it's been pushed forward uh because of uh, episode nine coming out that friday Uh, So, yeah, stay tuned on Disney Plus for the next episode of Mandalorian this upcoming Wednesday and then Star Wars Episode 9 on the Friday or the Thursday if you're like me and got the fan screening. So thank you again for listening. Once again, I'm your host, Josh, and today you had Ben as your co-host. Thanks again for listening. May the force be with you. (laughs) 